Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Uh, and the topic of our podcast today is con artist, the life and death of Cassie Chadwick. She ha- Cassie Chadwick was a con artist and had a very um, flamboyant career, Brandy. I would Good say. for her. We're going to talk about all her shenanigans. Um, I think you throw that word con artist around a little too lightly to me. She was, she was a businesswoman. Well, it could be said, yeah. But oh, anyway, said. this uh, <laughs> this topic we want. First of all, before I forget, I want to thank Allie Nett, our listener. Um, Allie suggested this topic. It's a it's a really funny story, so we're going to jump into it in just a minute. But I just want to remind everyone we are a comedy podcast. We use adult language, and if that offends you, then uh, we would suggest you checking out one of our other favorite podcasts. They Walk Among Us, or Insight, uh, both very good true crime, serious true crime podcasts. They're excellent. I uh, suggest you check them out. If you uh, would like comedy, a comedy podcast that really doesn't go as far as we do in terms of adult language, you can check out Squirm uh, and our friend Ricky. Um, so, uh, but if you are okay with adult language, then just stick then with Then what us. the hell's wrong with you? I don't know. I'm rambling. I know. I, you think? And yeah, let me just, also say, we I've, suggested, lot, right? I've suggested topics, too, and Tim fucking shits on I suggest opti- But no, as soon as somebody, yeah, as soon as somebody else gets one. Like well, yeah, here's yeah. the thing. Your topics that you've suggested have been stupid. No, they have not. Yes. They've actually been very good. They made fucking Netflix shows about them. Yeah. Jesus fuck. Oh, well, if they made a Netflix show about it, then we should stop what we're doing well first of all it's not wait a minute you did air quotes it's not an alleged (laughs) netflix show it's actually on netflix fucking air quote motherfucker then don't you think if it's already on netflix why the fuck do we need to do it because it's interesting and there are some people i don't don't like it when mommy and daddy fight well Okay. You know, I, uh, this has turned I, into a dictatorship. You know, well, you Emphasis know, on the you dick. Know, <laughs> you know this what? Has turned send into me a an email. <laughs> I'm going to send you an email. You can bet your sweet ass on that. We got to go through Timmy's people now to talk to him. Evidently. <laughs> Let me uh, also suggest uh, while we're suggesting. I have a suggestion. <laughs> I got a suggestion. While we're myself. suggesting top uh, podcasts, other podcasts. Let me why, I didn't, why are we suggesting other podcasts? Listen to ours. <laughs> Well, Find the like others <laughs> on your own the way God intended. I would like people to check out the other podcast that the Colonel and I 
uh, are invo- is are involved in. And that oh, is, self-promotion. Yes, self-promotion. <laughs> I see. That's dead ball where we take a look at uh, tragedies in baseball history. And, and if you, it, people it is with, not about vasectomy. And if you're not, that was my guess. If you're not into baseball, it's okay because it's really about it's a, human interest stories. Human interest stories, yeah. Timmy. We tell about the struggles, the battles. Yes. The, the, Tragedy. The, Tragic. It's rags to riches to death. Yes. Uh, it's called Dead Ball. Check it out on iTunes. Okay, Brandy, stop snoring. Um, let's get into the topic. Um, of, well, let me introduce you guys, I guess. <laughs> I'd like to introduce a woman who is loved. I have no reason, no idea why. Uh, throughout the land. I'm delightful. She is known as Brandy the Benevolent. Our very own Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy? Make it quick. Fuck you, Timmy. <laughs> let me tell you how I am. Let okay. me just give you, let me paint a picture for you how I am. I'm currently living in my parents' basement. That's how I fucking am. Boy, I am how texting the has and playing <laughs> video games in my parents' basement. That's like how I am. Life to me. It sounds to me like you're just one match.com away from Lanny. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, Lanny is getting closer I and closer. T- well, no, be- my husband may disagree. <laughs> so you're okay. So let's explain to everyone. You're living in. I'm your living re- in my parents' basement. <laughs> what else is there? Well, you're I not think separated. That's pretty much says it all. It I does. mean, you're separated. You know, like I used to say when I was married, my wife goes to the kitchen, and we were separated. But no. you're not like really separated. No, we're not. No, we're not. You're, you're just. It's a living arrangement, right? It now. is. It, right now, it is a living arrangement. We're not separated. We're not fighting. We're not anything. It's uh, because my oldest child is an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I have to move in and bring the hammer down on him. Okay. And, and Dave's so, had enough of your shit. And Dave has had enough of somebody's shit, but it's certainly not mine. So Dave can watch you're porn all day. Dave can play video games Dave and watch got porn all day. HD porn. As oh, long man. as Dave continues to go to work, I don't give a damn <laughs> what he does in that house. He can burn it to the fucking ground. Doesn't matter to me. Noah starts school on Thursday, Jake starts school well, tomorrow. Fuck, we didn't ask for a biography. We just said, hello, yeah, we didn't ask for you? your fucking... You asked how I was, and I said, let week. me tell you how God I was. Goddamn itinerary. Yeah, goddamn. Do you want my agenda for the week? Are you here to say it was fine? Because because yeah. Fine would have been good. <laughs> my Shit. agenda for the week includes <laughs> sticking a foot up both your asses. <laughs> That's what my agenda for the week is. Where's my goddamn screwdriver? <laughs> Why don't you motherfuckers hide it? It's bullshit. Let me also introduce the uh, a man who is known as the moral compass of our podcast. A man who is known has been called an oasis in the desert of despair. Get my gun. The very honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard. He's none of those things. Waters the third, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I couldn't be better, Timmy. This place still looks like a frat house after you fuckers have been in here. Fucking shit. Have you heard of uh, Dead Ball? I have heard of Dead Ball. It's a wonderful it's show about um, about baseball players who died in their prime. Yeah. Look at this shit. <laughs> it's a tissue. There's yeah. shit all over the fucking place. You have people a sock. Are like <laughs> gross. <laughs> you had socks here. It'd be different. It's it's a, just a little crunchy. Go ahead, throw, pick I'm it just up. Just throw a it dude. No wonder Dave kicked you out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Colonel. <laughs> So, Colonel, what's going on with Do you? God uh, let's make it quick so we can get Flick to the stories uh, out the window. You know, Timmy, I don't really need to tell my whole life story oh, no. like the devil does oh, over no. here. Oh, no, he doesn't need to tell uh, his life story because we already know I it. I would like this to, I, because I'm sure our listeners would like us to get right into the show. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold them up and hold up the show like you're still so holding it up. You're still talking. You're very thoughtful. Here. You're very thoughtful to our listening audience. I'm trying to be, but you know, you know, you could live in your parents. Oh well, they, no, they're dead. Shut the fuck up already. Well, this, you know, if you listen world? to Deadball, Brandy's not on that podcast. Oh, she's no. not. Because if you know, what, if, I have to watch paint dry that day when you record. If you like Dave, have had enough of brandy shit. You can come over and <laughs> watch us husband. listen to us on Dead Ball. <laughs> My poor husband. Okay, so thank you again to Ali Nett for suggesting this topic, and let's jump into it. Uh, Cassie Chadwick, Brandy, was uh-huh. a con artist. That's what I heard. She worked as a clairvoyant for the rich and famous. Oh, I've done that. It's fun. She's like Cleo, Lady Cleo. Miss Cleo? Yeah. Dionne Warwick, Miss Cleo? Yeah, dude, we we have to do a podcast on her. Miss Cleo, she yeah. is kind of awesome. Anyway, Cassie, well, it came, you know, this was years before uh, Miss Cleo. The Psychic Friends? Yeah, the Psychic Friends Network, yeah. Cassie scammed her victims out of millions of dollars in her time, lifetime, Colonel. She's best known for posing as the illegitimate daughter of industrials industrialist a- yeah okay andrew carnegie but he was industrious he was he's very industrious <laughs> he was a captain of industry mm-hmm. he wasn't a colonel of industry no anyway she claimed Who to is? be his legitimate daughter and she <laughs> convinced was she bank, legit or illegit illegit is she too legit to quit yeah they she convinced a bank to loan her millions of dollars based upon her claim of being his daughter but she wasn't anyway yeah. sounds like a good plan Anyway, she was, uh, so this is her life story. She, she has uh, quite the story to tell. So let me tell you about her early life, Brandy. Can we get to it? Elizabeth Betty Bigley. Betty Bigley. Betty, Betty Bigley. Bigley. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Was born in October of 1857. She was uh, the fifth of eight children, Colonel. Mm. Bunch, so, she had middle a bunch child of big girls. <laughs> she had middle yeah. child syndrome, you know. Yeah. So eight children. What do you think, Colonel? Oh, that thing. <laughs> the last four was just falling out. Her me. mother's nickname was the Iron <laughs> Vagina. <laughs> okay. Somebody so, called a midwife and tell her to bring a catcher's mitt. <laughs> Ivy. It's like just a. They're getting okay, more to fish net by this somebody, time. We, you know, it's a wonder we get reviews that calling it sexist <laughs> and things. I can't imagine it. You know, I believe the sexist thing was from remarks you made to me. <laughs> I, think, I think the review was from Dominique. <laughs> I think it might have been. <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, she's born in, Octo- in October 1857. Uh, but if she was born, her name, given name is Betty. We're going to call her by the name she went by most of her life, which is... Cassie Chadwick. BB. Her father, Betty uh, Brandy, was a yes. boss for the Grand Trunk Railway. Railway. The Grand not, Funk Railroad. Not, <laughs> not Grand Funk. That Railroad. would be awesome. I want to do. I want I'm that job. I'm your captain. All right, no sense. I'm your captain. I did like Grand Funk. Uh, you were good. Well, Grand Funk's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, um, she was known as Betsy as a child. She was said to be a daydreamer. Uh, Brandy and She's often daydream t- believer also told fibs. <laughs> told told a fib <laughs> now and again, huh? So she was a big fat I liar. Ab- <laughs> I cannot abide that. Well, I cannot abide a fibber, Timmy. <laughs> she fibbed quite a bit. Fibber, fibber. Now she lost her hearing in one ear and <laughs> developed a speech impediment. No, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> I 
<laughs> Come on, don't make fun of people. With I said, it's oh no. It's just when you lose it more. How, now, how do you develop a speed? That's just maybe laziness. Because, now, maybe because of, because of her ear problems, she developed. A she still speech. had one good ear. Well, yeah. she wasn't Helen Keller walking around. Well, she, she had could one still good talk. Ear. She's that impediment. Furniture. <laughs> how are you going to be she a good con man with a speech <laughs> impediment? That's what I want to know. Now, this motherfucker really pulls something off. You a con man with a speech impediment? She should be on better. his fucking podcast. Wait, is it like is it like a lisp? I haven't talked well, to her. What the fuck this kind of research is this? <laughs> I mean, is fuck, a, does she have a list? Did she not? Can she not YouTube? say her R's? Like what? What? All right, this is 1857, so I can't. I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, she she would Piss use she research. would choose her words very carefully. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Did you I just was, Elmer fudd that? I, I believe he did. Okay. Really? <laughs> Bitch at me one more time about some dumb shit. Now, her classmates, Brandy, <laughs> found her to be a bit odd. She's she's very quiet. <laughs> they found her to be a bit odd, Brandy. I can't imagine. And she so she turned inward. As a result, <laughs> that would she, be something to see. She would sit in silence for hours. She likes the sound of silence. Yeah, she's like Paul Simon. Yeah. The sound. No of yes, we're aware of the song. One of her sisters, Alice, Cooper, said, uh, said that Al- Cassie often seemed uh, to be in a trance. Brandy, she would hypnotize herself, and she was unable to hear or see anything that existed outside of her mind. Or maybe she was just ignoring the fuck out of people. Well, yeah, that's what I do. Mm. Yeah. Well. I'm, I don't, but I don't try and tell people like I put myself in a trance. You know, no, like, no. I, I, you never, you, and you don't choose your words very carefully. No, you don't at all. You don't at all. I wonder it's why. Like, you know what? You, it's like a big bucket. Tell me more about me. I no, love I, this. it's like I a love big this bucket game. of words, and you, Helen Keller, and just reaching in and grabbing and pulling. Them Wait out. a minute. Yeah, that's I'm what the you one like. doing that. Yeah, that's I'm just the you. one. Wait just pulling out words at random. Look to your left. You're not very. <laughs> <laughs> look to your left, and then tell me all about it. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Anyway. I, you know what? I think Timmy ought to do audio books. <laughs> I've grown so comfortable with that. Like Fifty Shades accent. of Grey. <laughs> You know, I, 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 I myself, I find an Appalachian accent um, to be a sign of really a high evolution, Timmy. Thank you, Colonel. <laughs> I can do Fifty Shades of Grey. No <laughs> <laughs> Timmy, Timmy lives Fifty Shades <laughs> of Grey. <laughs> Doesn't mean he should talk about it. <laughs> All right. Back to Cassie. Whatever hell her name is. All right. <laughs> there we go. There's our boy. Um, she, Her classmates found her to be odd. She would sit in silence for hours. And as I said, she would go in these trance, go in a trance. And she was. She would come out of these spells, and she seemed disoriented and bewildered. Yeah. Because <laughs> she was done ignoring you. But uh, she refused to discuss her thoughts, Brandy. Well, probably because she couldn't articulate them. Sometimes her sister Alice noticed um, her practicing... Her family members' signatures. <laughs> but that wasn't odd at all. <laughs> Scrolling the names all over and over again till she became very proficient. At, at forgery. At forgery. Yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, not even basically. No. <laughs> yeah, that's forgery. No, that's pretty I much it. it is, yeah. I think you look it up. At the age of, well, can, can her family even write? Maybe they just gave their mark or something. I don't know. <laughs> a it pa- they it put ain't a thumbprint. too hard to forge an X now. They put a thumbprint. 
At the age of 11, Brandy. Yes. She devised her first scheme. Oh, goodness. And what was it? Well, she went door to door. I'm glad you asked. Okay. She's selling vacuums. She went door to door collecting used use clothing and taking donations for the Little Sisters of the Poor. However. Oh, that is a good charity. However, she did not work for the organization. Maybe she was just trying to do her good deeds. She's make, taking the donations no, down. To no, the, she sold oh. the clothing and other items and kept the money for herself. Now, come on. You ain't never gone on a canned good drive through a different neighborhood. And then eat your, eating the corn all by yourself. All and, I'm and just, is. I've, when we used to, the boys this used to. This is at age these, 11. Yeah. So. They used to, they used we to do. To sell, we had to sell flower seeds, dude. And, and we, they put, they mean in like second grade. And they put pressure on you to sell these fucking Yeah, they do. Seeds. My mommy used to, we didn't have money for I, my one. My mom would beat me if I didn't sell enough seeds. <laughs> You know, they used to call you that's Johnny, surprising. Johnny Daisy seed. <laughs> you know, but here's the thing. Oh, I see. We still have a lot of carrot seeds to move. <laughs> yeah, but look, think about it. The fucking ain't moving. Now the boy, the boy, and the Girl Scouts pushing all that fucking candy or not candy, but cookies and popcorn. I, I, you know what? I, I, boy I'm, Scout I'm, popcorn sucks. And it does. And I'm just saying. Girl Scout cookies are not very good either. They've, you know, They've their quality has off. gone down. And the boxes have gotten smaller. Yeah, their quality's and gone down. And they don't have that chocolate shortbread cookie no more. Well, the quality's gone down, and I feel accosted every time I walk out of Kroger. And, and, and you know, most of them are going to grow up to, you know, dance on a pole. Sure. <laughs> but but I feel accosted when I come out of Kroger going in. Do you want some cookies? What? No, I don't want no fucking Dude, cookies. It's like going through a I'm gauntlet. going to a Kroger. Exactly. I'm going into a Kroger. I don't want no damn cookies. Coming out. Do you want some cookies? No, bitches. I just spent all my fucking money on cookies inside Kroger. So, hold on. Just, just to be clear. Just to be clear. These little adorable seven-year-old girls. No, they're girls, not. You're saying no bitches to them. Oh, I said no bitches. Yeah, no well, bitches. I already spent my cookie money. Okay, good. You'll get the On next the good review. cookies. You'll get the next review. Can I ask, just ask, what the hell is wrong with you? I don't have girls. So it doesn't matter yeah, what me. is wrong with hey, you? I, I, let's let her, let's evaluate, evaluate her life. <laughs> yeah. She's, Again, she's what middle tell aged. Me, tell me more yeah. about me. <laughs> she cussing out the Girl Scouts. I mean, living I, in her mother's basement. <laughs> yeah, I am playing Xbox, it's PlayStation. Smoking Thank you very much. <laughs> Drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> Taking Perkins. Yeah. Well, and, first of all, none of you fuckers can judge me on any kind of well, any kind of pill that. intake. All right, all right, this fuckers. is this is ridiculous. Let's it's get just back to this there just comes a point where you need to reevaluate where you're yeah. at in life. This is oh, where, I've done that. <laughs> this is not where you uh, you know aspire to be, right? No, it is not where I aspire to be. Sitting this here is, with you people is not where I aspire to be. So you know. I dreamed a dream. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of what I feel like. It's a sad tale. Oh, yeah. Jean Valjean. <laughs> oh, Brandy's. Jean Valjean. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Stole some bread. Ended up in jail. Jean Valjean. It's a stupid ass name. Well, you know, I, I like Jean Valjean, but you know. It's a dumb name. That inspector, Javert, he needs to fucking let it go. <laughs> no, he's, he's a grudge-holding motherfucker right there. Well, it's Russell Crowe. I mean, he does hold some grudges. He throws phones and shit. All right, let's go back to Cassie. All right, so when she was 13, <clears throat> she wrote a letter saying her uncle had died and left her a small sum of money. 
She forged a notification of inheritance that looked authentic and went to the local bank in Woodstock, Ontario, and opened a bank account using a forged that forged letter from an, saying her uncle died in England. She seems industrious. Um, the bank that did the not question use? her, and she was able Why would you question a 13-year-old <laughs> child? That's preposterous. And she was able to withdraw funds based upon that letter. Christ on crutches. Why the fuck? <laughs> Wouldn't you question that? Um, so that uh, that was her when she was a teenager. Now, in 1879, at the age of 22, she launched what would become her trademark scam. She had a trademark scam, Brandy. <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> Everyone should have. A Everyone scam. should have one. She saved up. Um, she saved up some money for an expensive letterhead, and using. Uh, a fictitious name and address. We don't a, use your real name for that. Of shit. a London, Ontario attorney, um, she uh, notified the bank that um, someone had died and left her fifteen thousand dollars. So she's back in this inheritance scheme. That was her thing, <laughs> apparently. Apparently. <laughs> um. Anyway, I was going to tell a story, but I won't. Next, she <laughs> well, then why did you tell us that you were going to tell a story? Well, it kind of you could have just kept it to yourself. Yeah, no, I'm going to keep it myself. All okay. right, next, <laughs> it's a long story and it goes nowhere. So I like <laughs> Chuck's story. Next, she um, she announced her good fortune, presenting herself at the bank um, to collect her inheritance. So she's got this letter, these fancy business cards saying that. Miss Bigley, Betty Bigley, was an heiress to $15,000. And apparently Daddy they didn't do a whole lot of background checks or they just went along with it. The bank went ahead and, uh, you know, gave her funds. Why does it never happen to me? I don't know. You don't look trustworthy. You're not that smart. She would enter a shop, choose expensive items, and then write a check for the sum that exceeded its price. Hmm. Many merchants were willing to give her the cash difference between the cost of the item and the amount of the check. At 13. No, she's 22 at this point. Okay. So she goes in, writes it. She's opened a check account based upon this phony inheritance. She goes into the store, buys an item for $50, writes a check for 100 Right, and then they give her the, the cash. Check. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty good scam. Yeah. Um, so, if anyone questioned uh, whether she could afford these purchases, she just coolly produced her fancy calling card that she had made up. She created. Oh, she went to Vistaprint and had herself made. <laughs> exactly. Nice. And the calling card said on the red. That's what the fuck I need is a calling card. It read, <clears throat> Miss Bigley's, Mrs. Betty Bigley, heiress to $15,000. <laughs> so, clear, <laughs> clearly a wordsmith. <laughs> Well, I'd, I would go with that. Was she Betty Big League? <laughs> Did she just finally switch it to Big League? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, this seemed to work every time. Jesus. Because people, the merchants figured, why would a young woman have a card announcing she was an heiress <laughs> if it wasn't true? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know what? Some get, things you don't question. I, I'm going to get a calling card that says, Brandy Herman, kiss my ass. I'm going to get that nine-inch penis card. Nine inch penis. Oh, uh, yeah, but in, in that one of those things, like after you kill somebody, you throw it down on the on their body so they find it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I need. That's the one it. that says, you know, like 
Tim Scott, famous nude photographer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Call me if you want a photo shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free headshots. Chuck Walters, mammogram technician. Nice. <laughs> first boob is free. <laughs> the first boob is free. Buy one, get one Buy off. Buy one, get one. One exam, I examine one, I do the other one for free. Are you giving are you giving out I'm gonna are you give giving you, out pelvic exams too? I'm gonna give you the left handed exam, girl. Jeez, that's what they used to do for women with hysteria. They would go to the doctor and then the doctor would uh, masturbate, masturbate them. Masturbate them, yeah. yeah. It's tough work, man. You get some carpal tunnel doing uh, you that can. shit. And also you get your hand wet. Well, and you never know who's <laughs> going to be walking through the door. That's a problem. Yeah, you I can't mean, choose your client. Well, no, you cannot. Well, you cannot. Yeah. No, the doctor is not in, motherfucker. You take that. <laughs> you take that ass out and wash it, and come back here tomorrow, and maybe I'll see you. But no, no, you no, have no, to be no. very. You got to be very strategic where you set up your clinic. <laughs> oh yeah, you do. Well, sure. You don't set it up. You don't set it up in the middle of downtown. Yeah. Yeah. You want it to be out in the, in the in the cleaner areas where they got to run them water. <laughs> you don't want somebody with bad hygiene coming in with a hysterical, dirty woman coming in saying, "Fix me." I mean, doctor, it probably me. you know it probably worked. You know, if you get the hysterical women to do that, it probably works. Well, it, no, it's I, always worked for me. It's always worked for me. I mean, you get a you get a hysterical woman. You give them a good in out, and they pretty they happy down. after that. They come down. You know, you can also what works for me is when I run into hysterical men, I slap them in the face. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Never tried yeah. that. Yeah. Well, how many hysterical men you running into you down would in be that su- basement? You would be surprised. <laughs> well, none in the basement. Actually, Uh-oh. no, that's not true. Me and Timmy just a couple. Each other. I know because you two that. are do not. <laughs> Uh, none really in my basement. I run into quite a few at work, though. So, if you haven't been slapped yet, be prepared. I think I, I think that is a, some sort of you, violation. I of think you might be hysterical. Policy. Do I look hysterical? I was hysterical yesterday. That's why I took the day off because I don't need to be around you, motherfuckers. Because I know how it we goes. We missed you. We missed mm. you yesterday. I, well, you should have because I'm a delight. I don't know how you live without our compassion. And, yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? I kind of move on. I don't, I don't understand that. Anyway. Mm. Go ahead. Why Alice thought her sister was seeking... Uh, oh, wait a minute. I, I, I've jumped ahead. I apologize. So, uh, she's going in. She's got these cards, and she's you know announcing that she... she so, she's writing bad checks, basically. Um, and she was eventually arrested. And... Um, she was released with just a warning the first time and promised never to do it again. After she was released, um, what do you do when, Colonel, when you're, you, you've kind of been arrested and you're trying to straighten out your life? You move to Cleveland. That's what I do. You move up there by Karen Barnes. Yeah, that's, what, that's who you want to be around yeah. if you want your life straightened out. So <laughs> she, she ends up moving to Cleveland where her now married sister Alice resides. Ah. Now, Alice, surprisingly enough, Randy, was reluctant to take in her sister. <laughs> well, I can't believe that. <laughs> because she found Cassie a bit odd. Uh, a bit. And she knew that she could not be trusted. Now, she's got a new husband here, right? Sure. You know, younger sister, you know. You know, you, you don't want to trust, you know, her around or your husband, right? No, I, you know. 
But anyway. Nobody's but, around my husband right now, so it doesn't really now matter. Now, Cassie, it? she promised Alice that she would not impose on on her and her husband. They were newly weds at this point. And she would only stay as long as it took her to get herself on her feet. Dude, I have a friend who's been getting on his feet for the last 45 years. There mm-hmm. you go. So Alice, um, went, while Alice thought her sister, she moves in with them in Cleveland, up there by Karen Barnes. Into that basement? I, I don't know if she was in the basement or where, oh, but, okay, just you know, she's really? going, she's going in and out of trances and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd do that. So, so anyway, uh, while, so she, while Alice thought that her sister was seeking a job in a factory or a shop. Nope. No, she wasn't. She was actually roaming uh, the house, taking stock of everything from chairs. Well, clearly. <laughs> to paintings. Got to have stock. Well, you got to know what's there. You know? Well, yeah. In case the police come, they want you to point out. Sure. Just. You ever look in people's drawers when, like, when you're in their house? No. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, clearly. Now, you know you look in people's medicine cabinets. I don't keep any of my good drugs in my medicine cabinet. You don't look in people's medicine cabinets? No. Neither does Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> do I? You, come on. Everybody looks in somebody's medicine cabinet. I, I want to see if there's some I don't some keep kind my good drugs in the medicine cabinet. <laughs> I want to see if there's antibiotics. I, yeah. see I don't if, keep my good drugs in the medicine, medicine cabinet. some kind of, yeah. Keep that in the. Sh- I keep that shit in the kitchen where it's easily accessible. All right. So, um, she estimated the value of all their belongings, and then arranged a bank loan using the furniture as collateral. Yes, she is industrious. Yeah. Um, when clearly not when a dumb Alice's lady. husband discovered the ruse, nice. He kicked her out. No way. The rooster? The roost. Kangaroo. A baby roost? Kangaroo. Cassie was forced to move into another neighborhood in the city. Aw. Where she took on a new identity. People just don't understand her. Go ahead. She set up shop as Madame Lydia DeVue. Ooh. A clairvoyant. Ooh, that's what I want to be. In this role, she would scam unsuspecting customers of their hard earned money. Well, I want to be Colonel Ledoux. You are Colonel LaDouche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. All right. I made That's that a good one. one way too easy uh, yeah. for you. I, you did. It lob, you lobbed me a softball. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was around this time that Cassie met one Dr. Wallace S. Springsteen. No relation. <laughs> I must say, I, I got to give this. I got to give Props to Bruce Springsteen on um, We All the World. He really did a good job on that. <laughs> he did. He did. He was, he was wonderful on We All the World. He, he damn near made the song. Well, Cindy Lauper really made it, but he was like second. I don't know. I think Michael Jackson kind Stevie of got, Wonder. Got a little Stevie Wonder was pulling in there. Yeah, he never did see it. How'd you like to be the guy standing no, next he de- to Stevie he never Wonder? Saw, he ne- Stevie he Wonder would, would always hit back and forth. Yeah, but they gave him the piano. He was all right. I know, he was doing but, his thing. Yeah. So she meets Mr. Dr. Wallace. Springsteen, the doctor was immediately captivated. Well, how can you not be? Well, and here we go, because this is, yeah, she's a she's a panty dropper. <laughs> Although Cassie was rather plain, with a tight, unsmiling mouth and a nest a nest 
of dull brown hair. You like how I picked that picture? <laughs> Her eyes had a singular intensity. You are a Picasso with words, Timmy. <laughs> One newspaper would dub her the lady of the hypnotic eye. All oh, she was giving people the stink <laughs> eye. Wait a minute. Oh, yes. And the gentle lift of her voice seemed it's to impart hot. a quiet truth to her every word. The stink eye, the lift. You know, it might have been because her mouth was so tight all the time. She's that might have been. Or, you know, de dental hygiene <laughs> wasn't really a thing back then. When, so it could be that she had no teeth. I well, bet she could really. I bet I bet she would be great at uh, karaoke with me and Mrs. Jones. Oh, for sure. <laughs> me, well, that's, that's her go-to. Mrs. That's her go-to song. <laughs> All right. The couple, know, we're going to get so many bad reviews for this. The couple stopped singing. The couple got along well. And in 1882, Cassie married Dr. Wallace S. Springsteen and began using the name wrong. Lydia Springsteen. Oh, Lydia Springsteen. How you like that? She and the doctor married before a justice of the peace in December of 1883 and the Cleveland Plain Dealer printed a notice of their union. Oh, good. Within days, a number of furious merchants showed up at the couple's home demanding to be repaid. Dr. Springsteen <laughs> checked their stories and begrudgingly paid off his wife's, his wife's debts. I bet fearing, it was begrudgingly. <laughs> well, mother <laughs> Son of a bitch. You ain't even pretty, motherfucker, and I'm paying your bills. Uh, let's see. He was fearing that his own credit was... He did it. He didn't do it for his... What did you say? <laughs> Go ahead, dude. Do you say I'm sorry? <laughs> I'm so, so so sorry. Oh God, we're gonna get killed on reviews. We're sorry, people. We, so we, so sorry. We're in too deep now. <laughs> yes, we're terrible people. Well, we did have a review one time. It said this was one of my favorite reviews because they went into it. They really put a lot of effort into it. Uh, it just doesn't require all that. With, these are three horrible people <laughs> best avoided. <laughs> how really, I how can you argue with that? It's, it's how you I know, live you my gotta, life. You got to give them props because they went on for like three paragraphs and I'm reading it and I'm like, yeah, this is all true. But yeah. but I got five stars for the same shit below it. So. <laughs> or somebody called this garbage and gave us five stars. <laughs> well. So, okay, so he's paying off his wife's debts, but it's not for her that he's paying them off. He's fearing his own credit was on the line. Well, yeah, once, you, you know, once you're married, you're responsible for your spouse's debt. So when Dr. Springsteen... As Dave probably found out himself. Just saying. Did you, did, did you rip off Columbia Record of the Month? <laughs> oh, I did that all Didn't the time. Didn't everyone? Put that penny <laughs> in there, send month. that shit. Yeah, like, save a penny to yeah. the Yeah, use penny. a different first name to keep getting those 12 records. I'm like, how the fuck are they going to sue a 12-year-old? <laughs> I know, because they sent it to everybody. Oh, yeah. Dude, um, I had, I mean, I would get like 20 records a month. Yeah. <laughs> so many names. Uh, let's see. Okay, so when Dr. Springsteen oh, found out about Cassie's past and her previous arrest, he quickly divorced her. The marriage lasted 12 days. So it's, a, Car it's a Kardashian marriage. This motherfucker, but he paid all her bills first. Intense. Yeah, he did. It was intense. It was, it was like a butterfly. It was, it was beautiful but short-lived. Yeah. It's a fruit fly. More like a fruit fly. The time had come. The time had come to reinvent herself. And Cassie became Madame Marie Rosa. Oh. 
and lived in various boarding houses, scamming merchants and honing her skills. See, I mean, you get laid in those boarding houses if you play your card right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, if you just wait till they come stumbling home drunk. Yeah. Traveling through Erie, Pennsylvania, she impressed the locals by claiming to be the niece of Civil War General William Tecumseh Sherman. <laughs> well, that would impress me. And then pretended to be very ill. One witness reported that through a trick of extracting blood from her gums. <laughs> is that just flossing? She's got <laughs> gum disease. Wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Here's the thing. Wait gum a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. The stink <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Let me, let me finish. Okay. I now, think I got a boner. No. Well. But it's not from that. Let's admit that's you've odd. had one since you walked in. Oh, that's true. You see that okay, woman so over there with the stink eye and the lisp. lisp you've got to let me finish this. Gum disease. No. She, she's the granddaughter of William Tecumseh Sherman. You've got to let me finish this because this is okay. spectacular. Okay. <laughs> through, through a trick of extracting blood from her gums, she led persons to believe she was suffering from a hemorrhage. How much fucking blood is she getting out of them gums? That's all I'm asking. Jesus Christ. The kind of people Erie turned the kind people of Erie turned out their pockets to collect enough money to send her back to Cleveland. <laughs> well, that, that was probably not, a good idea. Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. When they wrote her for her repayment on those loans, uh, they received letters in reply saying that poor Marie had died two weeks ago. Oh. As a finishing touch. She included a tender tribute to the deceased that she had written herself. Well, that's bad juju. That's all that is. Well, that's bad juju. It must have been. They must have been heartbroken that the granddaughter of William Tecumseh Sherman hemorrhaged from gum disease. What? Well, um, I don't think she was supposed to be hemorrhaging from gum disease. I think she's spitting out blood, going, "Oh, it's you know, it's the consumption." You know, you do that with the consumption, but yeah, I do. That's why I said it. I do know that. Thank you, though. Okay, well, I don't uh, know if okay. you knew that. Yeah, that's why I fucking <clears throat> said it. Why are you so hostile, God? Because I'm living in my parents' basement. <laughs> <laughs> are you sleeping on a sofa? No, no. I have, do you have like one of those mini I have a bed. fridges? Do you have I don't one have of those? A mini fridge. Do you, what are, you know those beds that come out of the wall? I don't have a Murphy bed. Oh, okay. I don't have a futon. <laughs> I have a well, I've bed. got a problem with fucking Although, futons. Do you sleep upside down? Although. I do that. <laughs> Not upside down. I mean, like standing well, up, but like I sleep at the uh, foot of my bed, like the head. I sleep at the foot of my yeah, bed what's all the up time. With that? You know what? Because what I have to do it. Not upside. So nothing like upside down. nothing like that. I sleep with my head at the foot of my bed. Yeah. Is that is that normal? I sleep. I, I no. like feet. No. I, I like feet, and I'm I like to, I like to lay down and look at Renee's feet while I'm sleeping. And, uh, look, you look at her feet while you're sleeping? Or while I'm trying How to go to sleep. <laughs> while I'm trying to go to sleep. Her, her feet put me to sleep. You have a foot sleep. fetish? They're I don't have a foot fetish. I just like to look at her feet. Feet, feet are ugly. Feet are ugly. I don't, yeah. Actually, mostly because when I come in, the dog's laying on my pillow, and I don't want to bother him. Sure. So, so you just, sleep. Okay. Okay. So you sleep kind of 69 style, in case 69 would break out. In the middle of the night, um, if the missus, because she... Sometimes we'll what if she kicks you in the face? <laughs> oh, she does that all the time. And, but you on know, purpose, I though, started mostly. sleeping down the other end of the bed because I was getting elbows in the face all the time at the other end of the bed. Yeah. So the feet hurt less than the elbows. All right. So I think he has a foot fetish. So she. Oh, I think. Yeah, he's one of those people that <laughs> likes to have, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He likes the corns and the. 
Oh, yeah. Give him a good bunion any day. (laughs) Don't get me started, girl. Don't get me started. Uh, Tickles his back door. Little big toe tickling his back door. Have you ever been masturbated by a woman's foot? I have not, I will be Timmy. Completely. I have not. Have you? Have you? I know. Okay. I you think Timmy's lying. <laughs> I think Timmy's lying like a motherfucker. All right. So I'm, I'm getting bad feedback about my um. Uh, people are, are uh, one of the reviews said they're tired of hearing about my. Ass what does "as" stand you know, for? You know, but I I believe now one person says they're tired of hearing about your your deviant perversions. But mine but are I not believe deviant. most Mine's of our listeners stuff. like to hear it, about your not. deviants. It's not. It's weird. No, it's not. I don't. I mean, I don't do, do the, what, the do butt know, thing. There's probably not another person that listens to us that's been through a pecker checker <laughs> down in Juarez <laughs> or time. wherever you are. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Are you? Can I? Yes, please. All right. Back in Cleveland, Cassie changed her name to, and you have as Madame Rosa. She but changes I think her name quite so a bit. I think bit. it's just Madame Rosa. What? She changes her name quite a bit. She does. And started living as a clairvoyant. She then went on to marry two of her clients. The first was a short-lived union with a Trumbull County farmer. The second one was to businessman C.L. Hoover, with whom she had a son, Emil. The boy was sent to be raised by her parents and siblings in Canada. So she didn't even want anything with that. Well, I mean, you don't know what the six. She had ble- bleeding gums. You don't know what She did. It's no. awful. Hoover died in 1888, leaving Cassie an estimated worth $50,000. That was pretty good bank back in the day. Pretty good bank now. I'd yeah. take it. Yeah. Uh, then Cassie you moved. You wouldn't be living in your parents' basement. I would not basement. be living in my parents' basement. Somebody you, should get a GoFundMe account going so I can not live in my parents' <laughs> you know basement. What? You could be in a trailer. I could. I could. I feel like that's my next step up. Yeah. Uh, Something to aspire to. <laughs> then Cassie moved to Toledo, better in Cleveland, and assumed oh, a new Cleveland. identity. Sorry, living, Karen. Living as Madame Lydia DeVoe. All right. So she's changed her name again. And continuing her work as a clairvoyant. Well, but- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So good. A client named Joseph Lamb. She's on a career track. Well, sure. Paid her 10,000. Well, it sounds like a pretty good fucking lucrative career track because this guy, Joseph Lamb, paid her ten grand to serve as his financial advisor. Well, because who smart you girl. want a psychic? You want a psychic? Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. want a stockbroker. You want a psychic, right, Colonel? Well, who would? Yeah, well, I, and this is what I don't get. Why? If she was a psychic, why'd she have to scam people? Mm. Why couldn't she just play the number every day? I don't I know if you know that she was 
not a psychic. I don't know if you picked up on that. But yeah, see, gums. when I see a psychic, she did. I'm like, I, I, I don't trust a uh, psychic with bleeding gums. Well, I don't. Well, if they got a funky eye, I don't trust them. I stink. But if, or if but here's the thing: I go into a psychic, right? And then I say, "How much?" And then they tell me how much. I say, "Well, why you need the money?" Because if you were a real psychic, you would have won the lottery already. Yeah, that's You wouldn't need my money. You'd just story. be doing this out of love. It's an amazing You'd be doing story. this to show your talent. Am I wrong, Timmy? Uh, yes. All right. So <laughs> so this guy, this dumbass, paid her ten grand to serve as his financial advisor and seemed willing to do any favor she asked. He, along with numerous other victims, would later claim that she had, a hip, she had hypnotic powers, mm. a popular concept at the turn of the 20th century. Oh, yeah, that's when all the... You know. Some 8 million people believed that, that spirits could be conjured from the dead. Spiritualism and stuff. And that yeah. hypnotism was an acceptable explanation for adultery, runaway teenagers, and, and the increasingly guns. common occurrence of young shop girls fleeing with strange men they met on trains. <laughs> <laughs> I believe those are called hobos. <laughs> I no, believe like when you're com- fleeing on a, a train, you're called Not a hobo. Not a freight train, you dick, like a commuter train. <laughs> if you're fleeing hey, on I mean, a train, you're a hobo. No, 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 no. Strange men they met on trains. So, like, their commute into the yeah, city, they strange meet a guy. Carl Panzram met on a train, and they pulled a train on Carl Panzram. That's you all right. On, you get on that passenger train. You, you, get, you got some game, you can get some tail. Oh, yeah, you can. You get back in that dining car. Well, first of all, <laughs> now he's changed his goddamn tune because before we're hauling corn and fucking in the back with the hay. <laughs> now all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we can go to the dining car. Well, you know, if you play your cards right, you can get you a hot little 25-year-old with a lisp, bleeding gums, and a stink eye. <laughs> with, with a nest of brown hair. All right, so Cassie Chadwick went on to pose as a fortune teller named Lydia Scott. No relation. No. Lydia prepared a promissory note for several thousand dollars, forged the signature of a prominent Clevelander, and told Lamb to cash it for her at his bank in Tulitu. Tell you what, she's got balls. you got to give her that. If he refused, she explained, she would have to travel across the state to get her money. He had an excellent reputation in Toledo, cashed the check without incident, and at Cassie's request, cashed several more, totaling $40,000. When the banks caught on, both Cassie and Joseph were arrested. Joseph was perceived as her victim and acquitted of all charges. Cassie was convicted of forgery and sentenced to nine and a half years at the state penitentiary. Even there, she posed as a clairvoyant, telling the warden that he would lose $5,000 in a business deal, which he did. And then die of cancer, which he also did. Oh, poor hey, so she was she a nailed psychic. It. She nailed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, from her jail cell, she began a letter-writing campaign to the parole board, proclaiming her remorse and promising to change. Three and a half years into her sentence, governor and future president William McKinley signed the papers for her release. In 1889, Chadwick returned to Cleveland and set up a brothel under the name Cassie Hoover. Nah, nothing wrong with that. You In know, a- if you're going to... Cassie Hoover. See, because nothing sucks like a Hoover. Yeah, but you know, you know, you got a madam with the bleeding gums. Yeah, you got. You you don't want. They need a better hostess. You don't want someone go down on you that has bleeding gums. Well, she doesn't do that because she's a madam. Well, I'm just saying she's got girls. I know, but you know. All right, so bad sign. In 1890, Chadwick married a widowed doctor, Leroy Chadwick. 
As the wife of the well-respected Dr. Chadwick, she became part of Cleveland society. Leroy S. Chadwick was a wealthy widower and descendant of one of Cleveland's oldest families. Cassie sent for her son and moved with him into the doctor's palatial residence in the wealthy part of town. Oh, so Emil You know, that back. one wealthy part of town in Cleveland. Yeah, so Emil is back. Mm. On Euclid yes. Avenue. He is back. All right. The marriage was a surprise to Chadwick's friends. None of them had heard of Cassie until he introduced her as his wife. Her history and family were unknown. There were whispers in polite society that she'd run a brothel and that the lonely doctor had been one of her clients. Uh, he divulged only that he had been smart. suffering from rheumatism in his back. Well, I got me some rheumatism, too. Which that's Cassie, smart. You marry a hooker and then you don't have to pay, Colonel. No, you know what? Hookers don't give you discounts if you marry them. Really? No, no. You know, and basically marriage is a prostitution scam. <laughs> oh. I mean... Oh, oh. You basically, here's what you're saying. I'm not saying anything. Instead of, because, it, okay, now listen, hear me out him, here. Let him get himself in trouble. Go ahead. Now, the prostitution thing, basically what you're doing is you're renting the person for the night, right? Okay. But marriage is basically you're a responding to him. Is Fucking a, just look around. Marriage is a, is a rent to own, Timmy. I see. Marriage is rent to own. That's why you're just saying. Actually, is what you're looking for. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you all my money. Instead of like, you know, you meet, you meet a prostitute, a sex worker, and yeah, you say, you know, $40, $60, whatever for this. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but when you get married, it's just, $40. it becomes this uh, <laughs> arrangement. Last time you met a sex worker. <laughs> well, she had bleeding gums. But <laughs> I got a, the she bleeding gum discount. So anyway, I mean, really, what is marriage? Because men only care about one thing. Feet. Feet. And, you know, getting the occasional you know, bumping uglies occasionally. Yes. And uh, and you give your whole paycheck every two weeks. So you're on basically an installment plan. It's basically a contract. So mar <laughs> marriage is an installment plan. It's an installment plan. It's a, But it's no different, yeah. Because okay. that's I, I'm paying my whole paycheck if I would have. So if we don't make our payment, can somebody come repossess you? I feel like I headed down the wrong path with that. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, okay, so. <sighs> Most um, of our listeners have stopped listening by now. <laughs> he divulged only that she had, that he had been suffering from rheumatism in his back, which Cassie generously relieved with an impromptu massage. Uh, and see, he couldn't help but fall in love with her compassion and, and her, her boobies. And her boobies. What, a rat's nest on her head. The couple lived on Euclid Avenue, known as Millionaire's Row. The new Cassie L. Chadwick was eager to impress her predominant neighbors, among them relations of John D. Rockefeller, U.S. Senator Marcus Han Hanna, and John Hay, who had been one of Abraham Lincoln's private secretaries. Okay, so she's she's moving in big... Well, she thinks so, yes. Yeah, she's she's a baller now. She <laughs> Shot <laughs> caller. She bought everything that struck her fancy and never asked the price. Well, that's me. She replaced the doctor's musty drapes and gloomy oil portraits with bright, whimsical pieces. I like a good whimsical piece. Girl. Well, whimsy is a cornerstone of mm -hmm. life. Ever had a whimsical piece? I've had a whimsical piece. I've had a, I've had a, a sarcastic piece. I've had a uh, all kinds of pieces, Timmy. Excellent. But whimsical. How do you feel about whimsical? Oh, I like whimsical. Sweet. Because Jesus. they tend to just breeze along after. I like that word. After. I like the word whimsical. Whimsy. 
Whimsy. It seems so carefree. Just mm. whimsical. So nonchalant. Yeah, nonchalant, Brandy. <laughs> so she bought a perpetual motion clock encased in glass. So you need a perpetual motion vibrator. <laughs> to keep those hysterical women at bay. Well, you never have to worry about batteries. A $9,000 pipe organ and a musical <laughs> chair. <laughs> have you ever played the pipe organ, Brandy? <laughs> Come on, girl. Let us know. I'm quite adept at the pipe organ. Uh, and she bought a musical chair that plunked out a tune when someone sat down. Uh, that's nice. So she's going to Spencer Gifts and blowing all her fucking money. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I like Spencer gifts. Of course you do. <laughs> she had a chest containing eight trays of diamonds and pearls. Nice. Makes me think of Prince. Makes me sad. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was inventoried at $98,000 and a $40,000 rope of pearls. She ordered custom-made hats and clothing from New York, sculptures from the Far East, and furniture from Europe. Even when purchasing the smallest toiletries, she insisted on paying top dollar. I will not spend less than $50 on a toothbrush. If a thing, <laughs> if a, well, that's what they tried to charge you at the Westin, wasn't it? <laughs> Fucking they, it was, bastards. How much for a toothbrush? Oh, it, was like, it was a razor. It was oh. like, a razor was like $4.99 or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, a, yeah, a disposable, one of those single, disposable ones, yeah. yeah. Disposable lady chick with yeah. one blade, yeah. You know, I just go down and tell the guy at the front desk. Well, that's what I did. I don't have, motherfucker, yeah. I need a razor. Yeah, that's what I did. You charged me $16 to park here, motherfucker. I need a razor. You know that's right. Uh, if a thing didn't cost enough to suit her, one acquaintance reported, she would order it thrown away. Well, damn right. When her husband, oh, well, you know, because she's earned that money. When her husband's considerable wealth proved to be insufficient to support her lifestyle, Cassie pulled off her biggest scam. Ooh. Well, hold on to your hats, gentlemen. In the spring of 1902, Cassie L. Chadwick took a train from Cleveland to New York City, and a handsome... Was it a midnight train? Might have been, but that was going to Georgia, so... Woo-hoo! Yes. Uh, And a handsome... (laughs) (laughs) She then took a handsome cab. It's a nice-looking cab. (laughs) You don't want to take an ugly cab. No. Although with those bleeding gums and the funky eyes, she should have got the ugly cab. Well, how could she really tell it was handsome? Uh, Hold on, Ron. <laughs> That's how she called a cat. Well, give, give that to me again. Taxi. Oh, taxi. Taxi. Oh, I see. Good God. Uh, let's see. I would like to apologize for anyone we offended. Jackass. <laughs> we really right. need Dominique on this podcast. So we she. Can't be <clears throat> So she took she took this cab to the Holland House. Oh. It was a hotel at the corner of 30th Street and 5th Avenue. Oh, Midtown. Nice. Internationally renowned sure. for its gilded banquet, banquet room and $350,000 wine cellar. See, if I had a gilded banquet room, I would not let no gum bleeding. Nested hussy. hair motherfucking <laughs> in there. Tight mouth. Although the tight mouth. That's... Did that arouse you? You know what that just makes me see? Do you guys, neither of you, I know you don't. Do you watch Preacher? Do you watch the show? I watched first season and I did not. uh, It ended so badly I refused to watch the second season. It's so good. I'm suggesting everyone watch before 90 days. Okay, don't watch that. But the kid with the asshole mouth. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I like him. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. He has an asshole mouth. He, he, he got his, he, somebody stuck a firecracker in his mouth no. or some shit. He tried to kill himself and it didn't work oh, out. Oh, yeah, with a shotgun. Well, that's not very nice. So, some bitch. yeah. So, anyway, so she waited in the lobby, tapping her high button shoes on the Sienna marble floor. He said, get your, get your watching, rouse, Colonel. Watching high men. Shoes. Oh. Asshole mouth. Watching men glide by their bowler hats and frock coats. Searching. Do you have a bowler hat? Do you have a frock coat? I got a bowler. I've got a frock coat. Do you? Yeah. I wear it on occasion. <laughs> you I wear got two a, or three of them, actually, if I recall. I, I got a trench coat. She's searching, not for flashing. <laughs> no, I, can't, I got watches on one side, mm-hmm. necklaces on the other. She's searching for one man in particular. And there he was, James Dillon. A lawyer and friend of her husband's standing alone. She walked toward him, grazing his arm as she passed, and waited for him to pardon himself. Grazing on his arm? No, she grazed his arm. (laughs) As I haven't got that far, she was waiting for him to pardon himself. Kind of like him waiting for Donald Trump. As he (laughs) said, well, no, he actually did because he's a gentleman. All right, he tipped his hat, he tipped his bowler. Excuse me. And as he said the words, she spun around and exclaimed, what a delightful coincidence it was to see him there so far from home. She was in town briefly on some private business. Yeah, she's scamming. In fact, she was on her her way to her father's house. Would Mr. Dillon be so kind as to escort her there? Seems kind of rude. He probably had his own business there. Well, I mean, you, you, you run into, see, from a small town in Ohio or, you know, Cleveland, and then you run into each other in New York, what's the odds? And then, it's not too much to ask him to a lady to ask a gentleman to escort her to where she's going. Shut up. Bowler hat. Yeah, Dylan was happy to oblige and hailed an open carriage. Yeah, Cassidy, not a, not a handsome cab. No, it was an open carriage. Right. Cassidy or Cassie gave the driver an address: two East Ninety First Street at Fifth Avenue, and kept up a cheery patter until they arrived. At the four, at a four-story mansion belonging to steel magnate Andrew Carnegie, she tried not to laugh at Dylan's sudden inability to speak and told him she'd be back shortly. Oh, all of a sudden he can't speak. Well, now he's shocked because well, sure, he's putting two two together that she's the daughter of the Harry butler. Carnegie. Opened the door to find a refined, well-dressed lady who politely asked to speak to the head housekeeper. When the woman presented herself, Cassie explained that she was thinking of hiring a maid, Hilda Schmidt who had supposedly worked for the Carnegie family, and she wished to check on the woman's references. Ah, uh, sounds pretty shady to me, Colonel. No, nah, well, it is shady I don't think to she me. was looking to hire a mate. So, really, what she's doing. <laughs> I believe you're looking for a job. I don't think so. <laughs> that don't so confront me, as long as I have my money by Friday. <laughs> see you all the time, all day, just sitting on a corner, leaning but up I was against tired. a post. <laughs> I love that song. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, here we go now, Timmy. Here's her downfall. Okay. We're going to get wait, to wait, her wait, downfall. Okay, let's set, let's set the stage. Brandy's kind of confusing. She so, is confused. Could you recap for yeah. us, Timmy? Thank you, Colonel. Oh, thank Jesus. A recap. <laughs> so she she ran into this guy that's got a little money. Now, he's thinking that she's going to end this person in Carnegie's no, house to see her dad. It's not. No, she ran into him on purpose because he right. was the lawyer. Right, right, right. He's right. the lawyer of her husband or whatever. Don't recap my friend. recap. Look, they're friends. You can't recap a recap. Needed, you she can't needed recap. Him. You're recapping. She, re- you're she recapitating. needed him 
She needed him to confirm her story that she was from money. I like Timmy's caps better. Thank you, Colonel. So she, she <laughs> this guy's under the illusion, Asshole Colonel, mouth. that she is connected with the Carnegies, where really she's just going in there lying, since she's checking on a reference on somebody that don't exist. But go ahead, Colonel. You tell us what happens next. Cause I well, that, trust was, you. that just happened two sentences ago. So I hope, like hell, our, our listeners have, you know— Hung on to that little piece of information. Well, sometimes they're a little slow. But thanks for the recap. They are not. They're brilliant. <laughs> Continue, Colonel. No, thank you, Shit Timmy. Bird. Now I'm going to try to I'm I'm going to try to do your prose justice here, Timmy. Thank you. Unlike Miss um, Deadass over here. Uh, now the housekeeper, Timmy. Now you set a, a wonderful picture for us, but the thank house you. the housekeeper was puzzled. Well, it would be puzzling. Yeah, and said no one by that name had ever worked for the Carnegie family. Hmm. Cassie protested. Was she absolutely certain? I think she doth protest too much. She gave a detailed physical description, rattled off details of the woman's background. What do you think about that, Brandy? When she has a lisp, walks with a limp, yeah. nasty-ass hair, bloody gums, wall-eyed. <laughs> oh, you know, bl- you know bloody gums, she had to have bad She's got a wandering oh. eye. Not no, the housekeeper insisted. There must be some misunderstanding, and Cassie then thanked her profusely, complimented the spotlessness of the front parlor, and let herself out. Well, that was nice of her to compliment them. That is nice. It's nice when you compliment people on a good job. Have you ever thanked anyone profusely? Yeah. I'm I'm asking Brandy. Oh, Brandy, yeah. Yeah, probably. If they deserved it. Never thanked me profusely. Again, if they deserved it, then I'm happy to. Now, on her, on her way out, she slips this large brown envelope out of her coat as she turned back to the street. She had managed to stretch this encounter into just under half an hour. Oh, she's pretty good. Yes, she is. As she climbs into the carriage, Dylan apologized for what he was about to ask. And, and this, now, he says to her, yeah, he knows this. And this is why I'm afraid I'm going to confuse most of the women listeners, or at least oh, the women on doing. our page. That's what we're doing. Because he said to her, who was who is your father? You know, and and he said, who is your father? Just like that. He didn't say it like. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy, girl? Come on. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? He didn't say it like Did that. Did he say he it like, like Darth Vader? Uh, <laughs> who is your father? But you know he's he's so he slaps on the butt real good. He's like, who's your who's your dad? Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) uh, Read the fucking story on the page. (laughs) No, that's what he did. He just slapped her right on the ass. Who your daddy, girl? You know what, Tim? You bitch at me, and he's butchering your prose. Yeah, Colonel, kind of. uh, Okay, so as she climbed into the carriage, Dylan apologized and said, "Who is your father?" Exactly. Please, Cassie said, raising a glove finger to her lips. He mustn't disclose her secret to anyone. Ah. She was Andrew Carnegie's bastard daughter. Bastard. Bastard. She handed over the envelope, which Mm. contained a pair of promissory notes for $250,000 and $500,000, signed by Carnegie himself and securities valued at $5 million. Out of a sense of guilt and responsibility, Daddy... Had given her large sums of money, she said, and she had numerous other notes stashed in the dresser drawer at home. Furthermore, she was going to inherit millions when this old man kicked it. Furthermore. What do you think about that, Randy? Uh, Sounds like bullshit to me. But she told Dylan, do not speak of my parentage. 
Knowing it was a promise he wouldn't keep, the story was just too fantastic to withhold and too brazen to be untrue. Now, Cassie would use her future inheritance to borrow huge sums of money over the next few years. Cassie's scam involved large banks of uh, Ohio Citizens Bank, Cleveland's Wade Park Banking Company, New York's Lincoln Park National Bank, and smaller sums. Never less than $10,000 because that wasn't worth her time. No. She would take out several gums gu or several loans, but never go to the sure. goddamn dentist to get those gum fixed. She could use a, some scraping. Could she get her eye fixed? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she was just like to be like Colombo. So anyway, she she would she take out a loan. She'd repay the first loan she with the money from the you know. second loan. It was basically a pyramid scheme she had going on here. She was she was Bernie Madoff. Yeah, that's what you do. You take out. Get a few credit cards, and you pay the credit one credit card with the other. You can live forever. She convinced Charles Beckwith, president of Citizens National Bank, to grant her a loan of $240,000 plus an additional 100000 from his own personal account. That motherfucker was whimsical. He was, he was a Pittsburgh steel mogul, likely an acquaintance of Carnegie's, gave her $800,000. Nice. Yeah, that's how are people just falling for this shit? Well, How they got this kind of money back then? Through the prestigious Euclid Avenue Baptist Church, Cassie connected uh, with Euclid Herbert. Euclid Avenue Baptist Church. Yeah, I've been to a couple services there. Of course you have. Um, did she, did she, uh, was she an Amer a Nigerian princess? <laughs> she might as well have been. Yeah, she was sending out emails to everybody. Now, he was thrilled. She went, so she goes to his church, connected with Herbie Newton. Oh, Herbie. Um, an investment Herbie. banker in Boston. He was thrilled to give her a loan and you know, wrote her a check. You know you say, if you're, you're a parent, you say that uh, when your son is born. They say, hey, he's never going to get laid. Let's call him Herbie. <laughs> Let's call him Herbert. Yeah. If you know, once you're, when someone you call you Herbie, you're never getting pussy. Never. No. <laughs> Unless you're Volkswagen. Or Herbie Hancock. <laughs> Herbie, Herbie Hancock. Hancock, yeah. He got Panty dropper. Get, I can yeah. never get him. I can never get the uh, Herbie Hancock. You know, he never sang. He just played instruments. It's just weird. I overheard somebody one time talking about they wanted somebody to slap their Herbie Hancock on a document. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm like, I have to walk away from this so fast. I just can't. He, he, well, you know, he and, was, he was is, one of the original look, signers of the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. And the thing was, like, if I said that, it would totally be a joke. This person was dead fucking serious. Like, <laughs> dead fucking serious. You gotta put your Herbie uh, Hancock on that. Yeah, Motherfucker. Well, anyway. They be slapped in the face with a Hancock. <laughs> she, 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 some women like that, Colonel. She does. Well, some women do like that. That's disturbing to me. Yeah, but, and, and then sometimes, Sad, actually. if you're not careful. You are not disturbed by that. Let's you, not. No, you can. It's, well, his shirt alley isn't whimsical. It's not whimsical, but you can knock a woman out with a peck of Timmy. I know. I mean, you get a little too much spring oh, into that I, thing. I, I mean, then they drop and you it's gotta, just bad. And then you got to go through the whole concussion protocol. Protocol. You got to get ice, put it on the head. It's I mean, it just becomes, When you go through the concussion protocol, do you put on your floor monitor vest and hat <laughs> to make sure that safety first? Standing, How many penises are you seeing? <laughs> standing there with a boner. And, safety and, first. Yeah. Looking like one of the village people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, women like that construction guy. Oh, yeah. 
Don't so, don't make, don't mock our duties as safety warden officers. Our, your it, life is in our hands. Your life is yeah. I know. You know. Of course, you all are the ones that take a bullet if we have a shooter come in. So because you know I got I'll that be, bright orange vest. I'll yeah. Be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like exactly. there's any chance of hell I put yeah. that thing on. I am Chuck's a traffic well, cone. No, you know, I am. You'll be seeing me run down the street with my hands flinging in the air, screaming if we ever. So you'll they, be inconspicuous. They, <laughs> they fucking they, now they got this thing. What's it called? Uh, what, what we, what's the protocol? It's like safety in place. Or safety something. in place. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to stay where we're at. Yeah. Yeah, that's not happening. Okay. I can stay where I'm at. Continue, Colonel. Okay, let me continue here, Timmy. Um, Go on with the story, Brand- Brandy rudely interrupted. S- yeah, could you... You, I, you did your part. Yeah. I let you do your part. Oh, you shit. Okay? Go on. You screwed it up, but you did it. Yeah. Now, He's cleaning up. she's he's, up there with Herbie Newton... <laughs> Um, an investment banker in Boston, he was thrilled to provide her with a loan and wrote her a check from his business for $79,000. What the fuck is it with these people? Well, think, he thinks he's getting good with Andrew Carnegie. And a personal check here, Timmy, mm-hmm. for uh, for $104,000. What the fuck? Now, he was even more pleased when she signed a promissory note for $190,000 without even questioning that outrageous interest well why would she yeah <laughs> well if she's she gonna pay it she back she can't uh, worry her you know her pretty little head can't be worried no facts and figures no but by november 1904 timmy yes newton realized that cassie had no intention of repaying the loan let alone any interest that stink eye that stink eye gum bleeding lisping talking got a squirrel living on top of her head <laughs> skank <laughs> So he filed suit in federal court, and it was the people versus the bleeding gum skank. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how it appeared in court documents? Yes. That's how it was filed. All right. In order to prevent her from moving and hiding her money, the suit requested that Ira Reynolds, secretary and treasurer of Wade Park Banking Company of Cleveland, who himself had lent most of his personal fortune to Cassie, and she, you know, I looked he was her not up on the internet. At that point, Brandy, no. I looked her up. This woman ain't got no kind of boobs on her. No. I mean, it'd be one thing with the bleeding, bloody gums, and everything else. You, you, have you throw have out rack. a nice if, rack. If you got bloody gums, you have to have a nice rack. You got to. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. And uh, she but she didn't even have in those some, uh, implants. You would have thought, or at least some uh, uh, a dental hygienist or something. Yeah, you would have thought she could have got that stuff fixed with all the money she had. Um, yeah, that's why. Not to get off subject, you know who no, I love as a music subject. a musician that I love, Timmy Herbie Hancock, Jewel. Jewel, why is that, girl? You know, Jewel, and and this is not a shot at Jewel. I'm not ha- as Ricky would say. I'm not having a go at Jewel. No, of course not. But when Jewel Ricky became famous, and, and Jewel lived in a car with her parents, and yeah, you know, she was very poor. But um, Jewel was it a compact? It was a big car. Oh, okay. But anyway, you know how. You know how you see all these people that are that are musicians. You don't see station wagons much anymore. You don't. You, can I get to this? Can I like I the station this? wagon with you know the wood. The woodies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the the vacation that's station sweet, wagon. That's a sweet the ride. family truckster. Yeah. And but people anyway, would, people would put the little every state they visit they put the little sticker in the yeah. window. Yeah. Jewel. Pussy mobile branding. Got the uh, clearly. Got her teeth are just a little tiny bit crooked. 
Now, oh. you look at Taylor Swift, uh-huh. all those other people, their teeth are perfect, everything else. Jewel, when she got all that money, and she made all kinds of money, Timmy, mm-hmm. she just said, you know what? I like the way I look now. And she's a good-looking woman. Yeah. So she just said, I'm going to go. Now, she didn't have the bleeding I, gums. <laughs> now, uh, she would have had the bleeding gums. She would have had to get story. that shit fixed. Yeah. But uh, think, you think Jewel and Tiffany would have been uh, would have been uh, you know been hot to see them go? I out think and give we're it alone now. Yeah, that was her only hit song, and that was a that was a cover. That was a cover, yeah. Well, let's get back to Cassie okay. here, Timmy. We'll leave Tiffany for another day, Brandon. Um, now they wanted Ira Reynolds, um, who had lent most of his personal fortune to Cassie, to continue to hold promissory notes from her father. Now, Cassie fled to New York, but was soon arrested at her apartment at the Hotel Breslin and taken back to Cleveland. When she was arrested, she was wearing a money belt containing over $1,000. Sounds like you, Timmy. Brandy, or, I'm sorry, over $100,000. No. Leroy Chadwick and his adult daughter hastily left Cleveland. Like most people that can get out of Cleveland, they do leave it hastily. Karen Barnes is going to be pissed at you. For you, that was just a shot at you, Karen Barnes, for a European tour when the scandal broke. However, he did did file for divorce before leaving on the tour. The news sent shockwaves through Cleveland, Timmy, through the banking community. One bank, the Citizens National Bank of Oberlin, which had loaned her $800,000, suffered a massive run that forced it right into bankruptcy, Timmy. And what was a run, Colonel, just so our listening audience would know? A run on a bank is, okay, I should explain this to the devil so she knows. It's when your depositors all come to get their money out. At one all time. All at one time. Yeah. That's called Are you a talking run on the bank. Huh? Are you talking to me? Motherfucker, look up from your phone once in a while. Maybe you know what's going on in the story here. Really? Well, you you, you getting wiener picks sent to I'm you ordering my drugs. Jesus Christ. Ordering my drugs. So Cassie denied all charges and also the claim of any relationship with Andrew Carnegie. It has been said repeatedly that I asserted that Andrew Carnegie was my father. I deny it. I deny it. Absolutely. Well, you know, in in fairness, she never did really. She just kind of. She just led people that. to believe that. Yeah. yeah. Now, Charles Beckwith, the bank president, visited her in jail. Although Cassie's frauds had caused his bank to collapse and decimated his personal wealth, he studied her skeptically through the bars of her cell. You've ruined me, whore, he said. (laughs) Did not say that. Did not call her a whore. But I'm not so sure yet you're a fraud. But you do have bleeding gums. But your gums are dripping all over here. Here's my handkerchief. Wipe up that blood, girl. You're making me, making me kind of gag oh, here. Wouldn't it be gross to French kiss someone with bleeding gums? Brandy? Yeah. Yeah. All right. To this day, the full extent of Cassie's spoils remain unknown. Oh, I like that word spoils in there, Timmy. You like that? Some historians believe many... I put that in your part, Colonel, because, you know... She wouldn't reuse it properly. Yes. Some historians believe that many victims declined to come forward, but the most commonly cited sum is... Six hundred thirty-three thousand, about sixteen and a half million in today's dollars, Timmy. Well, yeah, some people were embarrassed to yeah. admit that's, that uh, she scammed them. Now Carnegie himself attended the trial and later had the chance to examine the infamous promissory notes. The whole scandal could have been avoided, he added, if anybody had ever bothered to ask him. <laughs> the trial was a media circus. 
On March 10th, the Cleveland court sentenced her to 15 years in prison and a fine of $70,000 for conspiracy to bankrupt the citizens. National Bank and conspiracy against the good people of the United States of America, Timmy. Damn straight. On January 2nd, because the courts were closed on New Year's Day, Chadwick was sent to the Ohio State Penitentiary in Columbus. She brought with her trunks of goods for her prison cell, including clothing, photographs, and furniture. And the prison wasn't allowed this due to her celebrity status. As her health deteriorated, and her teeth started to fall right out of her goddamn head, sometimes she'd be sitting in the commissary with the other prisoners, and a tooth would just fall out right on the table, Timmy. And, uh, <laughs> there goes another one. She liked when they had soup. She did not like when they had the hard, dry steak, Timmy. Or the ice cream. <laughs> or the ice cream, yeah. Now, Chadwick began writing explicit instructions for her funeral. Sexually explicit instructions <laughs> for her funeral, Timmy. Not sexually. She instructed her son, Emil. Emil. Emil, to send a portion of her hidden funds to Canada for the purchase of a tombstone for the family plot. And on September 17th in 1907, she suffered a nervous collapse that left her blinky ass blind. Uh-huh. So she had to bleed. She couldn't even see the bleeding gums all over herself. Well, her, the, she had a stink eye anyway, so. Yeah. The New York Times reported on October 9th, 1907, she was suffering from heart and stomach issues. She died on her birthday, Timmy. You know, that's why when people with the bleeding gums and all fucked up and everything, and and she she just turned 50 years old, you don't, don't hear, listen here, people, there's a public service announcement. Once you over 45 years old, don't be surprising people on their birthday. Yeah. Don't be jumping out and saying surprising don't shit. Don't send them really fucked up memes or gifts or This shit know. ain't funny. No. So Cassie, she going down to the commissary. All of a sudden, everybody jump out, say surprise. Cassie hit the ground right just a second before her teeth did. And uh, she was 50 years old at the time, Timmy. Aww. They had cake, ice cream, everything Aww. for her. Cassie didn't get none of it. What do you think about that, Brandy? It's fucked up. For a time, the Chadwick Mansion on Euclid Avenue became a tourist destination. In the early 20s, it was torn down for the construction of the Euclid Avenue Temple, which is now the Liberty Hill Baptist Church. So, here's the lesson, kids. Don't steal or your teeth going to fall out of your head. Somebody going to have a surprise party. You're going to fall over dead and people going to steal the shit out yes, of yourself. Yes, that's the lesson. Take take that lesson. Brandy, your final thoughts on con artist Cassie Chadwick. Hey, you know what? If she can if she can do it, you can, do you have no ethics, no code of honor? Do you have no decency, woman? You understand, I work with you. So I think it, I take it that you are okay with her exploits. No, I'm not okay with her exploits, but, you know. There's worse things she could have done. There are much worse things she could have done. Okay, Colonel, your final thoughts on con artist Cassie Chadwick. I'm opposed to the bloody gums, Tim. The bloody gums, you know she had, you know she had that kind of breath that if she was talking to somebody, it's... It's kind of like what we was talking about the one time. Uh-huh. You walk into a club, you get that smell from the bloody gums and the decaying teeth and everything else. Mm-hmm. You got to get out of the club, Tim, because yep. you don't know who got the rotten teeth because they could be in the back. You know, they yeah. smile and yeah. look all good yeah, in the front. Tell. 
Then all of a sudden you want, it's like, hey, baby, you want to dance? You know, you take them out on the floor and they're like. So the lesson here is don't make out with anyone with bloody gums. No, well, you don't see, that's the thing. You don't know the bloody. And then the next thing you're like, hey, baby, what's your name? You come here often. And then she's like, yeah, I come here every once. And then a tooth hits you in the face. So now you smell like bloody gums. You can't go to another it's club. Problem. It's just, it, I'm just saying stay away from it. That's all. That's all I got to say about Brandy, it. Brandy, your uh, final thought? Jordy gave her final Well, thoughts. I like to get her really final, final thoughts. You two are fucking jackasses. <laughs> all right. Final, final thought. Um, Brandy, why don't you tell people where they can find us? Find us on Facebook. Yeah, please join our Facebook group. It's called History Dweebs, the podcast. We would love to have you. We have a lot of delightful members. Wouldn't you say so, Brandy? I would absolutely say so, Tim. And we I would love name about ten. We'd love for you to join. Where else can people find us, Brandy? We've got um, a lot of new listeners from our friends that they walk among us. So uh-huh. we want to welcome on the Twitter. Yes, at History Dweeves One. Please follow us on Twitter. We have a um, what is the Instagram account? Uh huh. But I don't know what the hell it is because uh-huh. Dominic is doing that. Sorry, Dom. Um, Brandy, would you like to give a shout out to our Patreon? You can also find us on iTunes. Yes, iTunes. Please uh, subscribe and leave us a review. We would like to thank all of you who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support the podcast, just go to patreon.com slash historydweebs where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or, or just a wee tiny bit, Timmy. Brandy, who do you want to shout out to today? Well, let me preface all of this by saying that Tim, again, writes like a serial killer and has written this list. I'm doing the best I can to read it because I have not had a chance to put it into an actual format. Yeah, you've only had that three is legible. weeks. But. Really? Chuck's had a year and a half to do it, and that motherfucker didn't this do it. This ain't never been my responsibility. He's it, working on the YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's How's start. that going, Kerm? YouTube channel? Uh-huh. It's just about up, Tim. All right. It's about there, Brandy. Uh-huh. Yeah, says the raising of the Titanic. Almost there. Let's start with Bridget Bernhardt. Okay. Daniel Bassett, Jen Moyer, Tommy Lane, Jason Dykes, Shelley Garrett, Bridget Clavey, Brandy McBride, Jennifer Savota, Maggie Glover, Daniel Sweet, Amber Anderson, uh, the podcast, uh, the hosts of They Walk Among Us. That's our friends Ben and Rosanna. Ben and Rosanna and Ricky. From Squirm. From Squirm. Yes. Ricky's not a uh, a. But he gets a Patreon shout out supporter. anyway because he's part he, of the team. He's, he just brings us so much joy with being with his richness. Please check out Squirm on iTunes. Okay. Episode three. Uh, Lorna Violet, James Seabright, shut the fuck up. Michael Deo, Kelly Charette. No, sorry. Charette. Karen Widner, Kelly, Joseph Kerr, Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno. The Pleasing Terrors podcast. Mike Brown with Pleasing Terrors. Yes. Sarah Amber Krupp, the Now American History podcast. With Joe Hopkins. Rebecca Osinger, Osinger, Karen Alden, uh, Cheryl, Catherine Richardson, Catherine Cockgarage Richardson. I haven't seen her in a minute. Uh, Fiona, Laura O'Reilly, Christine Bourgeois, Maja, Aaron with an A, Kimberly Cambron, Elise, History Goes Bump. Diane Student. Mm-hmm. Amber Trevino. Annette Petray. Lise. Amber Scoville. Jahara. Alicia and Chip. Dr. Jeff and Dawn. Andrew Happ. Karen Barnes. Richard Flynn. Holly. What is, oh, Woodward. Yes, Holly. 
I'll find the I know, but it looked weird. Shirley oh. Strap, Todd Long, Lydia Fisher, Tyrone, Phyllis Munson, Melissa Montoya, Brittany Martin. My Jeff- name is Melissa Montoya. He killed my father. Prepared to die. Excellent. Jennifer Siemens, Cindy Lou, Kristen, Heather Poole, Zachary, Canadian True Crime, Christy. Yeah, Christy. Christy Lee. Yes. Charlie and Allie from Insight. Donna. Donna Curran. Yes. I don't know. You've got something weird listed there. Uh, John, Sue Story, Nene, Stacy, Christine Herr, Cheryl Weldon, and Rudy the Wonder Dog. Wonderful. Thank you all for your support. We do appreciate it. Um, So let's get out of here. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Good day. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.